Steve Dale's Other World on WGN, nine minutes after two o'clock. So, on election night, I'm watching, like everyone else, both Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson, appropriately presenting rousing speeches, thanking their constituents, speaking out on what they will do. All of that is expected. Then, Johnson went on to infuse the race card. He attacked Vallis uh, on a night that traditionally candidates just don't do this, but I get it. Cameras are there. He's on TV. Included in the in that attack was this. You know, they've been lying on me so bad, y'all. I wouldn't put it past them. Because you know we don't have a family dog. I wouldn't put it past him that Paul Vallis makes up a lie that I kill puppies. You know what? There is never a time for that. And by moving in that direction, he is moving Chicago in a direction that I hate to see. Beside, I'll tell you, I'll say this publicly. I've known Paul Vallis for many years. He is an animal lover. We've worked on all sorts of things together regarding Chicago animal control and some other things having to do with protecting animals. It is just astounding to me. And on a completely different topic, Paul Vallis, welcome again to WGN. Congratulations, by the way, on your victory, rather resounding victory. But Well, to- thank you. Go ahead. Well, thank you so much. And, and, and look, I just want to point out, uh, anyone who watched my speech that night, I opened by telling the crowd it was important that they that they uh, salute uh, Lori Lightfoot for her four years of hard work. These are extremely tough jobs. And if you remember, she got a rousing applause. And then I went on to articulating my vision. And, yeah. and look, uh, how many times have I done your show over the last year? For that matter, you see my commercials and I've never gone negative. I, I don't need to go negative because uh, I'm dominating on the issues because I've been talking about the issues that are impacting Chicagoans, the issue of crime, the issue of quality schools, and the issue of affordability. And I'm going to continue to run a issue-oriented campaign. I, I, I haven't need to go negative. People who need to go negative don't have anything to run on. So, you know, I'm just going to continue to talk the issues, and Brandon's going to say whatever he's going to say. Well, sadly, there's an issue happening right now that you kind of predicted in one of those appearances on this very radio show, you said if something isn't done, more police officers are going to be killed. And uh, it's a sad day in Chicago. Uh, Officer Andre Vasquez Lasso, only 32 years old, killed by an 18-year-old Stephen Montanano. Uh, no bail for him, which is, I'm sure, the way it should be. How do we stop this from happening? I'm not sure anyone, including you, has a magic answer. Well, let me point out, it was another case of somebody who probably shouldn't have been on the street in the first place. Because, uh, you know, if you look at CWB Chicago, they they analyze data. Uh, they analyze data, uh, crime data, straightforward crime statistics, unbiased, objective. And, you know, if you look at their data, 15% of all the people who were, were arrested uh, last year for, for, murder, for murders uh, uh, and shootings combined, 15% of them were out on felony bail or, or out on pretrial release. So, you know, at the end of the day, the first thing is when you have dangerous felons, you keep them, them off the street. But there's been like a 400 percent increase in in uh, the number of officers being shot at since 2019. And uh, and you, and it, it, I mean, the immense stress that it adds to the job and not only the stress on the officers, but the stress on the officers, families and, you know, between the dramatic increase in officers being attacked. 
uh, and and obviously just the, the the impact of the stress and the overburdened work schedule and just the maligning of the officers that has contributed to Chicago having the highest uh, suicide rates uh, among police officers in the country. I mean, something's got to be done. Something's got to be done to help these officers. Uh, I have said that what the city needs to do, what the what was one of the things missing from the SAFE Act, and if the city has to do it by city ordinances because the city's a home rule unit, they need to do it. Is there really needs to be, uh, uh, you know, increased penalties and, and you know and mandatory sentencing for people who attack police officers, who attack witnesses, who attack victims, people who who, who repeatedly. Uh, victimize, uh, uh, you know, women and children, uh, you know, individuals who are involved in sex trafficking, you know, just the domestic violence. There needs to be tougher penalties because people uh, feel that they can attack people, they can uh, abuse people uh, with impunity. So so something needs to be done, and it needs to be done both at the state level and at the same time uh, it needs to be done at at the city level and at the city council level. All right, so we spoke about this previously, you and I. Uh, Kim Fox, our state's attorney, I said she's more like a, a county defender rather than a Cook County state's attorney. Uh, those were my words. Uh, Chief Justice Tim Evans, people are back out there on the streets, the carjackers and other criminals of a variety of kind, everything from carjacking to, I suppose, uh, murder and everything in between. Some of them are back out there very quickly. So... You had an idea that you are kind of hinting at here uh, that the city can take the lead on this in a way that hasn't been done before. Well, let me suggest that I've suggested two things. Uh, part of the problem is the police aren't arresting. Uh, in fact, um, they've last year, I think 15% of those who committed murder, they, they made arrests in 15% of the murder cases. And really over since over the last five years, they've only made arrests in like five, six percent of the shooting cases. And then, of course, the numbers aren't much better when it comes to other serious crimes like carjackings and assaults and batteries and rapes and things like that. So the bottom line is they're not arresting. And and that's due to a, a combination of reasons. Reason number one is there aren't enough officers. Reason number two is they've really restrained proactive policing. I'm not talking about stop and frisk. I'm not talking about violating the consent decree, but there's been a 76% reduction in arrests during a period that is since 2019, during a period in which violent crime has skyrocketed. So you've got to push the police down to the local uh, uh, beach so you have cars that can respond to emergencies in two to three minutes instead of two to three hours. You need to put police officers on the CTA platforms and at the CTA stations. There needs to be a police presence in the communities. And then the second thing that you need to do is you need to increase the number of detectives that we have, even if that includes bringing retired detectives in to help work cases. Uh, But what you also have to do, really the third thing, is you've got to have a program for aggressively protecting witnesses and victims. And that means significantly increasing the penalties for individuals who would even, uh, you know, who have been arrested or have been released for even even approaching a witness or victim. There has got to be consequences. And if you do that, I believe you'll improve the, um, the uh, you know, you'll improve cooperation and you'll get more arrests and you'll get more convictions. But on the arrest side, you know, let's face it, um, uh, the state's attorney have been, has been releasing felons 
in at at record numbers, and and she's been taking a lot of the felony gun cases, the felony gun cases, and she's been reducing them to misdemeanors, which impedes the U.S. Attorney's Office ability to come in and charge people. Because if you get charged uh, for gun violations under federal law, if you commit a crime with a gun under federal law and you have been a a prior felon, uh, you can get you can get hit with mandatory sentences. So we've got to get serious about gun crimes. We've got to make sure that these individuals are being charged with felonies. That's the it's the first step towards deterrence. So we have to do that, and we've got to be prepared if we have to to bypass the state's attorney when she refuses to charge. And we can do that. We can work with the U.S. Attorney's Office on prosecutions. We can go directly to the judges if she refuses to prosecute. And the law department itself can also can also be a prosecutory officer in certain instances where they feel that the that the state's attorney has simply not fulfilled her responsibility to, in effect, arrest and charge dangerous criminals. And I believe that uh, that that's something that we need to do. And that's something that I would be prepared to do as mayor. All right. So I'm running out of time here. I want to read two texts. I'm a 62-year-old resident. I grew up in the city. I've been a witness for both arson and shooting. I would never do it again because of what I had to go through. Can you comment on that? Well, you know, the problem here is there aren't enough police officers to investigate these cases. And all, all too often, when you have violent crime, and, and I'm just not talking about murders and shootings, but arson, assaults, assault and batteries. You know, there's not the police officers to do a follow through. You know, I mean, when you have clearance, when you only when you're only clearing one in six murder cases or or I should say, because sometimes they clear cases without actually making arrests, they just take them off the books. But when you're only making arrests in one in six murder cases and 5% of the shooting cases, and, of course, it's not much better with the other violent crime, obviously you, you have a crisis on your hands because on any given day, you know, you have 80, 80, 80% plus, 80 to 90% of the individuals who have, who have a committed violent crime are actually not in, 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 in jail. You know, they're not in incarceration. They're actually on the street. So you have to have enough police officers. Those police officers have, they have got to have enough investigatory resources so that they can complete their investigation, so that they can follow through. And you need to be able to protect witnesses and victims because the only way you clear these crimes is by responding to them within minutes instead of hours. That means beat integrity. And the only way you can solve these crimes is is to have the confidence of in the community that the police can protect them, whether you're a witness or victim. And these are things that are not being done. These are things that need to be done. And once and and, and I want to close by saying the city has got to be prepared to bypass the state's attorney. If the state's attorney is not charging, if the state's attorney is refusing to prosecute and the city has the means to do that, they just have to be willing to do that. I'm going to try to work with the state's attorney and the judges and everything. You bring people together and try to see if we can't find a common place. But at the end of the day, we have to be prepared uh, to uh, bypass the process if we feel that people are not being responsible. Uh, I just got a note here from our newsroom that uh, you and a joint committee suggest that you're going to put the Christopher Columbus statues back in Grand Park on Columbus Drive and also a park in uh, Little Italy. Who knew that the 
Columbus statues would become anything worth talking about. Can you comment on that very briefly? Yeah, I you know, I haven't been talking I haven't been talking about that issue. You know, I mean, you know, the mayor's put a task force together. They've made recommendations. We're you know, we're going to look at the recommendations, but at the end of the day, you know, that hasn't been an issue. It hasn't been discussed. You know, there's a whole you know, there's a whole list of things that or recommendations or suggestions that have emerged from that from that discussion. You know, and so at the end of the day, you know, I want to focus on the critical issues, on the core issues, and those issues are public safety. Those issues are are uh, uh, protecting witnesses and victims. Those issues are affordability. Because if you've noticed, uh, you know, uh, I, I, if I run into another person who tells me, I thought our property taxes were supposed to be frozen this year. How come I got a 20, 30% increase yeah. in my um, property tax bill? How come my second installment payment almost gave me a heart attack? I mean, those are the issues that people are focusing on. I'm not going to get sidetracked by those other issues. Yeah, I wish we had time to talk about all of those other issues, but unfortunately, I am out of time, and I know you have to run to an event. It's always good to talk to you, and I appreciate your time. Paul Vallis, thank you so much. My pleasure. Bye-bye.